Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the beautiful mountains of California. Diana Spencer was born on July 1st, 1961, and is unquestionably one of the most beloved members of the British royal family. I'm going to talk about why I think Diana resonates with so many people, how she found her peace, and how we can use her journey as a pattern to find peace in our own lives. But first, I'm going to talk about storytelling. I'm an author of a series of novels, and I also teach classes on the craft of writing fiction. And that comes into play here because we, as observers of Diana's story, were raised with fairy tales, and we truly believed that we were watching one unfold in our lifetime, in real life. We totally fit her life into our fairy tale construct. One of the things I teach in my classes is the creation of the protagonist, or the hero of the story. And when I say hero, I mean of any gender. So in this tale, Diana is our hero. The first thing you have to do in the story is to make the audience or reader empathize or sympathize with the hero. The difference between empathy and sympathy is when you sympathize with someone, you feel sorry for them. When you empathize with someone, you identify with them. You know how they're feeling because you've been through the same situation. Or you know someone who has been through it. Or you just have a very creative mind and can completely understand. Example, and I'm going to pull from fairy tales here. I bet not many people have been ushered into the woods to be executed, so we feel sympathy for Snow White that she's in that situation. On the other hand, we've all done household chores on an order from one of our parents and felt that was unfair, so we empathize with Cinderella. Sympathy or empathy gets the audience to want to know more about the story and go along with the hero on his or her journey. The second thing writers do when we construct a hero is we have to show that they're a good person, that they deserve their happy ending and our attention and our rooting for them. I call this the pet the puppy moment. Early on in the story, a hero will prove that they're good by interacting with animals, children, or helping someone who needs help. Now, in Diana's case, she was a school teacher and a champion for children's rights. Now, the final thing about the hero in a fairy tale is that they cannot be perfect. They have to have flaws. That makes us identify more with them because it makes them human. The royal family's number one job was to portray Diana as the perfect wife, the perfect princess, the perfect mother to the heir of the throne. 
But even as she was introduced to the public, she had a fatal flaw. She was shy. And that one characteristic completely endeared her to the public. And that flaw was fine for the monarchy because it was a traditional female role to be meek, unassuming, and quiet. Listen to this clip of an interview in 1981, right before the royal wedding. Andrew Gardner of Thames TV asks Diana what her role will be as Princess of Wales. After the marriage, how do you see your role, Lady Diana, developing as Princess of Wales? Well, I very much look forward to going to Wales and meeting everybody. But... my life will be a great challenge. Do you have any particular interests? Well, obviously it's children, but uh, interests will broaden as the years go on. And listen to this, where she is unassuming and just a little bit self-deprecating. Are you a good cook, by the way? Uh, I have done cooking course, yes. I don't think, I'm average. But you haven't tasted anything because I won't let you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll post the entire interview on my website, thepeaceful.life, and you'll see that Charles actually answers a lot of the questions, even when they're directed at Diana. So my point in all of this was that Diana had all the characteristics of the perfect fairy tale hero. She was young, only 19 when she got married. Beautiful. She loved children and devoted her career to them. She was not arrogant and just a little bit flawed to the point where we adored her. In interviews, she was quiet, hunched over, and looked up at the interviewer from under her bangs. On July 29, 1981, Lady Diana Spencer married the heir to the British throne, Prince Charles. It was one of the most televised events in history. I remember being glued to the television. Here was the girl next door, my age even, living the fairy tale. She found her prince, gave birth to a male heir and a spare, and lived a very public life. The public and press couldn't get enough of her. We all rooted for Diana and for her happily ever after. After the wedding, Diana devoted herself to using her fame and popularity for good. She got involved in bringing light to charities, drawing attention to the homeless, people living with HIV and AIDS, and of course, children in need. She was called the People's Princess because she was the first to sit with people, talk to them, and touch them. Royalty had rarely touched their subjects before Diana. She broke royal protocol to connect with the people, and the people loved her for it. She completely fulfilled her role as the protagonist in her story. But this is where the fairy tale breaks down. We could see it as the couple began traveling separately. We could see it in Diana's expression. There were rumors, innuendo of affairs on both sides. 
Diana sent a clear message when she allowed the paparazzi to photograph her alone in front of the Taj Mahal, one of the world's most iconic symbols of love. That was the beginning of letting the public know that she wasn't perfect. She had flaws, many of them. She started opening herself up to let everyone know that they didn't have a storybook marriage. Things were bad, and she was unhappy. She revealed that she suffered from depression, went through bouts of self-harm, including bulimia. I'm sure she worried about how that would be perceived from the public's perspective. Yes, I did inflict upon myself my arms and my legs. I didn't like myself. I was ashamed that I couldn't cope with the pressures. I had bulimia for a number of years. And that's like a secret disease you inflicted upon yourself because your self-esteem is to low ebb and you don't think you're worthy or valuable. Well, maybe I was the first person ever to be in this family who ever had a depression or was ever openly tearful. And obviously that was daunting because if you've never seen it before, how do you support it? It gave everybody a wonderful new label. It's Diana's unstable and Diana's um, mentally imbalanced. You have to know that when you have bulimia, you're very ashamed of yourself and you hate yourself. So, um, and people think you're wasting food. So it doesn't, you don't discuss it with people. You have so much pain inside yourself that you try and hurt yourself on the outside because you want help, but it's the wrong help you're asking for. But as it turned out, it made us love her more because of empathy. Almost everyone has gone through a bad relationship or a bad marriage. Many of us have gone through bouts of self-harm in all its iterations. Instead of criticizing Diana, her public rallied with her. And that's when I believe Diana found her power and her peace. She admitted to the world that she couldn't provide the happily ever after that we so desperately wanted to see. And yet, the world loved her anyway, supported her, because more than ever, she was one of us. Her divorce was finalized in 1996, and then we started witnessing a new Diana. She stood up straighter, spoke louder, became stronger, lifted her chin, went dancing, dated in public. She was still a champion for causes, protected her sons fiercely, and broke royal protocol as a mother, too, by spending time with her children and personally raising them instead of handing them over to nannies and tutors. We saw her blossom and become at peace with herself and her world. To illustrate how strong she was, she donned a ballistic helmet and flak jacket and walked through a minefield to support the Halo Trust, an organization that removes dangerous landmines and debris left over from war. I can't help wondering if that was not only to bring light to the plight of the leftover mines, but to prove to herself that if she could literally walk through a minefield, she would be okay. 
1997, Diana began dating Egyptian film producer Dodi Fayed. On the evening of August 31, 1997, the limo that was transporting her and Dodi crashed in a Paris tunnel, a fatal crash that killed Dodi, the driver, and eventually Diana. Following an investigation, a report released in 1999 determined that the driver was at fault for driving at such a high speed to avoid the paparazzi while under the influence of alcohol and antidepressants. Diana's legacy was that of caretaker and champion for those who were suffering, the poor, the sick, and the unwanted. She connected with her people and everyone all over the world on a human level, and that's why we still love her. So what can we learn about Diana's life to make our lives more peaceful? Don't live your life to please others, not your family, not your friends, not the Queen of England. Question protocol and live your life for yourself. Give to others and to the world. I've said this many times in previous episodes. The love and joy that giving creates really does come back to you tenfold, a hundredfold. Be of service. Don't hide your pain. Don't pretend that it doesn't exist. If you're suffering, get help whether it's depression, addiction, or self-harm, very rarely can someone come out of it alone. And finally, own your power. Nobody is powerless. You are the director of your own life. At the time of her death, Diana was at peace, happy, in the prime of her life. She had found herself and her internal peace. So even though she left us way too soon, she eventually did get her happily ever after. The ultimate solution lies within the individual. Yet all of us can help prevent the seeds of this disease developing. As parents, teachers, family and friends, we have an obligation to care for our children in ways which clearly show our children that we value them. They, in their turn, will then learn how to value themselves. This is Laura, and you've been listening to the Peaceful Life Podcast. Remember, you are a spectacular human being. You are the prince princess, queen, king in your own world. You are loved. Have a spectacular week.